0: of the world has been suffering the worst health crisis in living memory, Perth, Western Australia, famously the most isolated city on the planet, has so far remained relatively untouched by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm recording this in the middle of 2021, a year since our long lockdown and with the vaccine now rolling out, I've been asking some of my neighbours to reflect on the last year and on how they see the future. My name is Penny Shaw Welcome to Pandemic, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Times. My guests uh, this morning are... Uh, I'm Emma, and I am in the
1: 50-plus category as of last week. (laughs) And um, I'm an architect.
2: My name's Kieran, I'm in the 20-70 to category, and I'm an architect.
0: (laughs) Question one, do you remember realising that the pandemic had hit?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I remember talking to a friend and colleague of ours who we were working on the National Architecture Conference with, and she's in based in Sydney, and she was really worried. And I remember thinking, oh, I might need to think, take this on board a little bit more. And then as we had also had a lot of travel plans, so we had a couple of international trips that were booked for April and May and it just kept getting more and more difficult to feel like there was any certainty around that. So I think once it started affecting our plans which were outward focused I started realising it was kind of coming this way.
2: Yeah I I remember being in Sydney I think in March of last year and All of the state lockdowns and the international lockdowns starting to kind of roll out. And I remember having to try and get back to Perth and coming up the escalators at the Sydney airport from the train, uh, which I've done many times. And you arrive up the escalators into what is typically a bustling concourse of departures. And it was completely empty. Uh, There was no Qantas staff, no passengers. I checked through security. It felt, it had that feeling of being on like the last flight out of anywhere. I remember the feeling of being both waiting for the plane and on the plane to take off thinking I hope the plane takes off and that we can get back into Perth. It was a very strange sense in the airport.
0: So you're both architects and how how did it affect your work at the time and how did you feel about it?
2: The main work that we do is in remote communities, indigenous communities particularly, and so the Aboriginal controlled health sector pretty much immediately locked down communities from outside travel and that meant that most of our projects which are sort of infrastructure and housing projects went on hold and there was a real rush in communities to bring people back to communities or back on country from townships and things uh, and also to try and secure the borders of those. So. It stopped all of our work almost immediately.
1: We also opened an office in Sydney at the beginning of March.
2: That's why I was in Sydney, because we'd just opened the office. Yeah.
1: So that was yes. um, good timing. And also this National Architecture Conference that we'd been working on for 18 months got cancelled. Two years, maybe, we'd been working on it, was cancelled. So it had a lot, it had a huge effect, actually, on every aspect of our work life.
2: Yeah, so I would be on a plane, you know, at least twice a month, typically that all stopped so even internally within Western Australia I couldn't get into communities in the Pilbara uh, yeah so that it, it sort of effectively took our the workflow flow and workload um, on all of those projects to sort of zero instantly as soon as they locked down yeah I think the challenge in, in some respects that we recognize straight away because we have staff is that you know um, on the one hand, there's a financial challenge, but on the other hand, the kind of main impact to staff would be not working, not doing anything. I mean, regardless of at that stage, at the beginning, there wasn't really a strong sense of whether you'd get JobKeeper or that you know those things weren't around,
1: or how long it would go on, or for how them. long it
2: would even go on for that kind of emergency payment, or what kind of payments there might be. Um, but the bigger impact on people, sort of mental health, of not really doing anything, I think. Sort of weighed heavily on us, and so we ended up developing a, a sort of a whole range of work internally that we did ourselves um, to support communities. So um, pro bono work that we had our community.
1: staff doing from home when we were working from home to try and keep everyone busy and.
0: So you're trying to keep morale up, yeah, by giving them things to do. Yeah.
2: Well, I think there was also a recognition that we had because we. I guess we knew a few different Aboriginal health orgs and clinics and various things that there was really no plan and to this day remains no plan for what happens if COVID gets into Aboriginal communities that are remote. Even today, if it was to get in, there's no federal or state-based plans for Aboriginal communities. It still remains, I think, a challenge.
1: With all of our staff working from home, we actually turned our little office into a home school. And so I would go into the office with the two younger kids. And that was very challenging. And also it was a real eye-opener because it was around that time that I saw just the massive difference in opportunity for people in fee-paying versus non-fee-paying education educational Ah, environment Because you had
0: one in each?
1: Yeah and also friends who had kids you know in private schools in the western suburbs versus you know kids who were just at the local high school and in fact it's the only time I've ever called up my local minister you know MP and had a conversation because I just felt like if this was going to be a Thing that could be around for a year would cause you know, generational disadvantage it was good in the sense that you know it's a great opportunity to see up close how your children are going and what their learning styles are
0: oh I love you for that so positively Emma
1: <laughs> it was a pretty frustrating few weeks I thought I think if you had have
2: known the length of it, if you knew that you were coming out of it at a certain time.
1: If I knew it was two weeks, I wouldn't even bother. Yes, that's right. So I was extremely um, focused on getting it right because I thought it could go on for a long time. Yes.
0: And what are your memories of being in this place at that time? So especially for people who travel a lot, just being here and kind of hunkering down in South Fremantle. I really liked it. I liked having Kieran home a lot.
1: It's a pretty strong community in South Fremantle. I mean, we had to stop going to the dog beach. (laughs) Too many people. Too many people that we knew who, you know, it was hard hard not to talk. So we started to have to go walk elsewhere for a while. I remember, you know, walking up to the corners and listening to you sing from your balcony, which was a beautiful highlight. Even just to know that that was there when you couldn't go because the timing didn't work out with dinner or whatever, was still nice to know that there were different ways that you could see people in your if village. If you wanted to, yeah. Not to come really close together, but just to see from a distance. Cups of tea is at the end of driveways, having a chat with you. You know, I, I liked, I, I actually really, that pace suited me well. And, you know, God, I was so lucky.
0: I'm trying to get a sense of, where would your families have been a hundred years ago.
1: I had to ring my mum to ask her. Oh, did you? <laughs> Just Excellent. to confirm. So, and she said that my, so her father and my grandfather, his family was one of the early farming families in Donnybrook. So they would have been in their farm, planting their cherry orchard.
0: Wow! And they would have been presumably largely unaffected by the Spanish flu because it didn't yeah. really. Here, yeah. again, Australia seemed to dodge it.
1: Yeah. So, no, yeah, so so on my mother's side and on my father's side, they were in the eastern states. Um, but I don't have as much information about them. Yeah, but Australian. Yeah, but still in Australia. Australia, yeah. 100
0: years ago.
2: Yeah. Mm. My family would, would have been half in, on my mother's side in Kalgoorlie, Boulder, actually, and they were in the process of moving to Fremantle, somewhere in that period. I don't know exactly. If I can't phone a friend they're all dead but um uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then but sometime around there there would have been a transition from Boulder down to Frio uh, and on my father's side I think again my grandparents would have still been on in mainland China before they'd moved to Malaysia so they didn't go there till just the second world war so I don't know what the effect of the Spanish flu was in China
0: no, I wonder. Well, it must have had an effect. 20 million people worldwide died. Hmm. One in 20 people died.
2: Hmm.
0: That's amazing. It's amazing. Because it's three and a half, we're up to three and a half now with COVID. million. Hmm. And then, 100 years ago, 20 million. Post-First World War. What a time to live through. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. First World War, pandemic, Second hmm. World War. You'd hmm. just be like, okay, I'm done. Hmm. Beam me up seriously
1: also what a sweet spot if you if you're born after the second world war
3: really
2: boomers Mm. yes sweet spot in many respects
0: yeah so many things going in their direction what are you hoping will be the silver linings of the pandemic Um,
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know what the silver linings will be. It's hard to imagine what a silver lining could be from something like this. Um, Because I think it's, you know, you might hope that the exposure of the inequality that the pandemic has generated, that there may be some will to do something about it. But I don't see any of that happening at the moment. Sorry, there is one silver lining, I think, in some respects, which is that I think there is... In architecture, which is an inherently sort of conservative and male-dominated profession, there's been a realization that flexible working and working from home is possible, which up until very very well up until the pandemic was largely discredited by the owners of architectural organisations and or businesses because they were men who didn't believe that you could. Well, do they that. didn't trust their employees. They didn't trust their employees or didn't believe that it was possible to do that sort of flexible work. Um, and I think the pandemic has offered them a little sort of fast forward, um, you know, to the present (laughs) from where they were. Um, So that's one silver lining, you might say.
1: I think it's a huge advantage for women who have been disadvantaged. It's an opportunity for a little bit more equity in the way that the opportunities come. And worse things?
2: It seems to have brought up a stronger mean streak, Of Australians. It seems to have kind of solidified our racism in terms of this kind of fortress Australia mentality that discussion that's occurring now. It seems to have kind of pushed the wealth gap to be larger because of property transactions and I think most people who are sitting on the right side of the ledger don't seem to have any general interest in changing that.
0: Where do you think will be this time next year, and where do you, where do you hope will be this time next year? Have you had the vaccine? Are you? What, what do you think is going to happen? Let's look into the future.
1: I will be vaccinated, but I'm not yet. Um, but I, you know, again, because I've only just turned fifty, I'm now in that bucket yes. of people who can. Um, and I don't know. I mean, again, I think one of the things that's really big thing that's happened for me is I've found it really difficult to make a plan or have a sense of what the future might look like that has been my you know the outcome of this pandemic for me is that I find it very difficult to look far into the future Mm. um so I mean to be honest I you know wouldn't it be great if we could travel and people could reunite with their families and so forth but that doesn't seem to be on the cards you know it feels like maybe this time next year we'll still be all just with a closed border and I wonder what the effects of that will be long term culturally
0: and last question when the borders open up where will you be going are you desperate to get back out of there, or are you just like, you know what, we're fine with that international travel? No, I really look. like it
1: a lot. Yeah, where's, where's on your list who you don't want to plan? There's so many places, you know, how, how would you... Priori- I mean, I really miss Asia. We go to Asia quite a lot. Um, we had to cancel a trip to Greece, and I would have liked to have gone there. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Now you just can't do it.
0: All right, thank you so much. I've been talking to Emma and Kieran and this has been pandemic.
4: (laughs) Uh, I'm Jemima. I am 18 years old and I'm studying at the moment, but I graduated last year during the COVID ups and downs the roller coaster I guess
0: yeah yeah so what are your memories of um when it started how did you feel about it did it come as a surprise did you get what what were your thoughts I remember
4: being kind of clocking that it was going to be an issue about whenever I'm kind of clocked that it was going to be an issue and I was down south with staying at a friend's house and who i was staying with the mum is quite onto it so she was checking the news and updating us and they were all getting ready to go into a big lockdown and then we went back to school because it wasn't lockdown yet and i had decided to stay home rather than be going to school that week i decided not to go on monday or something and then lockdown was announced friday my memories of that time is just being at home I would get, was listening to you on the corner. I'd go sit down the driveway with friends, and oh, I read books to kids on Zoom. Oh, did you? Yeah, only for a couple of weeks. But I would read the old my old story books, um, and also because lockdown didn't last too long, it felt like the year kind of resumed. There was quite a long
0: period though where you wouldn't have been able to see friends, boyfriends. Yeah, I just. Do you remember
4: it? Not really. I had so much on last year, my final year of school. I think I was just so busy that it just kind of zoomed past. It changed the way I finished school. Lots of things that maybe we would have done excursions or things like that we couldn't do because of the lockdowns and certain things. But in a way, I feel like I was pretty lucky and just kind of coasted through. I mean, I didn't lose my job, but my work decided they would just roster on the seniors so I wasn't working for a while but then I went back after maybe a month so that was kind of okay I mean we were definitely what's your job I work at the local bakery
0: and that was open throughout
4: yeah it was super busy actually it was basically like Christmas sales through COVID
0: that's so weird why were people buying more bakery bread I, I don't know I made a lot of bread during the pandemic. Yeah, so did mum, actually. Yeah, I went the other way. I was like, I don't want to shop.
4: Yeah. I don't want to stand in a queue. Yeah, but we had massive queues. Yeah, which was kind of weird that we were so busy. But it was lucky for me. It meant I could work.
0: Mm. And so that's your memories of South Romantle at the time, going to the bakery. Yeah, just working,
4: dog. being at home. And... Yeah, lots of trips up and down the driveway, I remember. Just, you know, don't know why. can't remember. I just remember walking up and down my driveway. Not, like, continuously, but, oh, just go down, check the letterbox. <laughs> you know, go talk to a friend. <laughs> <laughs> we did used to do themed meals. So, you know, we'd travel via the food. So we'd do... A t- well, it didn't really go past kind of Italian and Chinese and... I don't know what else we did. We might have done moroccan one that or something but that rupert who's my younger brother wanted to do that and i think he mainly just wanted italian so he could have pizza and pasta and lasagna all week
0: yes he did italy and then he was like okay i'm done now <laughs> yeah
4: basically <laughs> was the highlight and that was it <laughs> He
0: didn't want a whole week of eggplant and yeah, yeah. no
4: he, he didn't want that
0: um so yeah no that's what i remember can you think of any silver linings to the pandemic
4: I think it made our class close at school which was quite nice and there is that sense of kind of is it camaraderie is that, yeah camaraderie or, or you know kind of all in it together even though South Freer has been very much not that impacted by everything I think that is that sense of oh, okay like how are you going you know everyone's looking out for each other and everyone is likely to be a little bit more friendly
0: and did you find it easy to concentrate on things like reading books and or were you a bit kind of scattered with the yeah, news?
4: Yeah, no, I was definitely scattered. I don't think I really remember exactly what was happening. I was had a lot of school work at that time, so I think that was kind of consuming and probably stressing me out quite a bit. But I don't think I really sat and read a book.
0: No, it's weird, isn't it? Mm. I don't think I did either. My attention was very shot. yeah.
4: We were just like, oh, let's do a different activity. What's the next activity we can do?
0: Yeah, which is weird, because there weren't that many activities to choose yeah. from. <laughs> I literally spent my whole day deciding what I was going to sing and working out outfits. Like, that just took my whole day. And a lot of cooking in a slightly controlling, housewife <laughs> way, really weird. I don't know, how was That was fall. like your
4: sense of control. Yes. Like if I can't control anything else, I'm going to control the food of yeah. the family
0: where are you hoping we're going to be fast forward another year so this time last year we're locked down now we've got vaccine how are you feeling about the future or
4: I mean I'm feeling pretty good I think that we're kind of going to be living in this on the edge world for a while where you know we might have to lock down for five days and then we'll be okay lock down for five days will be okay even if people if we all get vaccinated I think there's still going to be that risk um of the lockdown so I feel I've kind of come to terms with that I guess in a year yeah just more you know going to more events and things like that I am hoping to travel interstate again this year so hopefully that happens and we're not in a lockdown Mm. over Christmas and that can all happen but yeah I'm I'm just hoping it kind of stays the same and we can all get vaccinated. Them. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you'd you'd get you'd, vac- you'd get vaccinated. Yep, yeah, definitely. And when the international borders open up, mm. where would you be going, Jemima?
4: I don't know. I was having. I've always said like, oh, I've been really lucky to travel internationally as a kid mm-hmm. with my family, so I don't feel that massive urge to go on a massive gap year trip as lots of people i graduated with last year we're looking forward to but then in the last few months i've been oh it would be so good to go this way place in that place but it, when the international borders open i feel like i'll still be wary of going anywhere so i don't know also it'll be so expensive that
0: yes it might be prohibitive for a yeah. while
4: well, so I've got a few years to decide. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, that's> right.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jemima. It's been delightful oh, talking to you. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, and uh, I'll um, keep you posted. <laughs> Name, age, occupation, please.
3: Ah, uh, Rupert. Um, I'm thirteen. And I don't do anything. What do you mean you don't do anything? Um, I'm at school, actually, yeah. You don't do anything for money? You don't have a job? No.
0: Okay. Yet. And so I've interviewed your parents, Emma and Kieran, and yep. also your big sister, Jemima. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about memories of when the pandemic kind of started. What do you remember about that? You were 12, you were in year... Seven. And what was the feeling or what were you talking about with your friends? How did you kind of process it?
3: Well, I was a bit annoyed but also like happy because the annoying part was I couldn't see them for a long time. So being stuck with my parents and siblings at home was a bit annoying. But then no school was an upside.
0: And did you watch a lot of the news or read the internet? Were you kind of glued to the screen or were you just like, it's not my problem, somebody else
3: can deal with it? Um. Well, every night we'd watch the 7.30 report for, like, most of the pandemic, which was all pretty much the same. To be honest, it was, like, COVID, 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 um, yeah. How have you felt about being
0: here in Australia? What Good. Points? In Fremantle, particularly?
3: I mean, I would hate to live in the US. Like, we've got a good healthcare system in a, our later not really later prime minister isn't as stupid as trump but he's close how long were you off school um or oh, i don't know maybe like a month or two well we went into mom and dad's office and we got given schoolwork from the school and then mom would do like we'd do like half an hour of maths and then have like a break and then something, this, and then 40 minutes of that. It was annoying because it's not the same if your parents are teaching you, then your teacher, I guess. That sounds like a lot of work for
0: your parents.
3: Um, yeah. No one was really doing anything, so it might have been a bit helpful from like boredom. So you're not just like sitting around all day. So were you pleased to go back to school? Um, yes and no because I was looking forward to seeing everyone but then school not so much
0: do you think anything good will come out of this long term
3: um maybe like a more diligent view on how like pandemics and flu's and viruses are like our health system is more strong after this yeah you like, think
0: we've learned something
3: yeah Whereas before, we were, like, pretty unprepared for it. Now it's sort of, like, over and we've, like, learnt a lot.
0: And what are you hoping in the next year, if we fast forward, what are you hoping would have changed?
3: Everyone has been vaccinated and there's no more, like, sudden one-week lockdowns and then it's like everyone's moved on from it but hasn't forgotten about it.
0: Pandemic, produced and presented by me, Penny Shaw, with original music by Finn Pearson and supported by the City of Fremantle. This is a Neighbour to Neighbour initiative.